Good day, folks, and welcome to the final podcast in November, which um, happens to be our penultimate podcast before Christmas. Today, I'm joined by George on our economics desk and Chris on our trading desk, and I look forward to picking their brains on the current state of the market. With George and Chris, I might add, are in significantly happier places than I am right now. As an Arsenal fan, it pains me to see Chris's beloved Tottenham at the top of the Premier League. And uh, as for for George, today is, believe it or not, his last day at Investex. So we will be graced by his final appearance um, on this podcast series before he heads off to run the family business. It's uh, it's really been a pleasure working with you, George, and I'm, I'm so glad to have, uh, have you on this uh, podcast for the final time. Welcome, guys. Um, just to start with, um, we, we, here we are, we're, we're almost at the end of November and there hasn't been uh, a Brexit deal signed off yet. Very, very interested to um, get your thoughts on this, uh, both of you. Let's start with George. Um, are we going to get a deal? Um, what's what's the current state of play on Brexit? Thanks, Karen. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure working with you uh, over these recent few years. Um, I think the the answer to that on the Brexit front, um, it's it's the same conversation we've been having recent years. You know, it's that we we still expect we're going to get a deal. I think the issue is that, of course, that we are now fast approaching the end of the transition period, uh, which is the end of this year, obviously. <clears throat> and you know, still the two sides are in deadlock over a number of issues, and you know, they're still the same ones we've been talking about for quite a few months now. So fishing rights at the level playing field and uh, dispute resolution. Now, um, the suggestions that Boris, uh, the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, might have a phone call with Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission President, uh, at some point and in order to try and ease that deadlock. And that comes amidst reports that you've got Michel Barnier, the uh, EU's chief negotiator, threatening uh, to not come to London for Brexit negotiations this weekend. So, of course, I mean, there is this real risk that we do see a uh, an accidental no deal, as has been uh, suggested. But I think what it comes down to, though, is that uh, it would be economically devastating for both sides if there was to be uh, a no deal outcome, uh, particularly given that you've got the challenges of the pandemic as well. So, you know, I think uh, when push comes to shove, there will be some sort of deal. And indeed, the reports this week is that you'll get some sort of um, uh, transitional arrangement between the two sides or, or even some sort of review clauses so that there'll be a deal and that they'll maybe come back to it at later stages. But, you know, um, the the essence of it is that, you know, at the end of the day, it's not in either side's interest. So we do think that, that there will still be a deal, albeit it does look like it's going to go right down to the wire. Cool. I'm going to actually bring in Chris here to get your thoughts, Chris, on, uh, on Brexit. Um, in terms of where the market is in, to, in, in pricing this in, you, you know, we've seen sterling rally up to, uh, you know, certainly the 133s um, and sterling euro as well. Um, a, a large part of that is, is because I guess the market is presuming we're going to get a deal. Would you say it's about 80% priced in? What, what are you seeing? I think the overall view is yes, a deal will get done eventually. Um, I do think we'll have the question marks about what kind of deal it is. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say maybe 80%, maybe more like, you know, 65, 70%. I think as time goes on and we still get no news, some doubts will start creeping into the market. Um, but we're not quite there yet. Um, but the lack of news recently, I guess, is, uh, you know, can start to worry. I do feel like people are using options to hedge their downside risk slightly. 
Um, so we've seen like one week risk reversals um, showing that the market's um, a little bit paired uh, to hedge their risk to the downside just in case. Um, but I'm with George. I think a deal does get done eventually. Um, and yeah, I think we will uh, push higher. Um, how high we go, that's another. Um, we have seen sterling dollar relatively bid over the last month. Um, that's been mainly on like, the US dollar side of things. So we've seen the dollar index um, drop from 94.2 to just 92 kind of over the last month. And that's kind of like uh, plays in with move we've seen in sterling as well from the kind of 129 up to the 134. So I think if we do see some positive Brexit news, um, we will see that 134 break. I know it's been very stubborn so far, but I think, yeah, at least we'll break above 135 if this is our starting point. Yeah, so I think I go along with that. I mean, I think that the, the for, for the clients out there who are dollar buyers, um, I think the tricky bit is to call whether we we we, we get the deal um, and spot is at kind of these levels in and around the 133s or whether between now and um, a possible deal being announced, we, we actually see some some uh, heebie-jeebies or, or some uh, certainly some um some concern that we aren't going to get it done and, and you know we find ourselves bouncing off a base that's lower than here um so watch the space and keep close to the desk on that um the other big news this week certainly has been um the chancellor's spending review um i was definitely keen to get your thoughts george on um when does this magic money tree stop growing what are your thoughts so yeah yeah we've had the spending review um bear in mind it was obviously delayed um by covid it's also been shortened by covid so it's only a one-year one it was supposed to be three years um and really that's just to sort of keep things ticking over you know um the chances allocated more money for for the sort of covid response this year and next year but um i think what's obvious is that the magic money tree uh, doesn't actually exist um you know, I think that's what Theresa May famously once said. And, you know, it's it, it was true then, it's true today. And, um, you know, I think it's really obvious when you look at the the OBR's updated projections, uh, particularly on the public finances front. So what you have there is that it, they're predicting that public borrowing is going to reach uh, 394 billion sterling uh, over the 2020-21 fiscal year. Uh, and that will be about 19% of GDP. Now, to put that into context, that's uh, about double the previous peacetime record of 10.1%, which was 2009-2010. And obviously, that was after the financial crisis. And we're even at those levels approaching kind of the two world war peaks of 27% in uh, World War II and 28% in World War One. So um, it's evident that the Chancellor has a... Um, a challenge on his hands but at the same time his priority for the meantime has to be on supporting jobs and protecting people's health uh, and that you know to our minds at least is the the sensible approach at this stage but of course he is going to have to shift his attention at some point to uh, dealing with the, uh, the the public finances now we, we had a bit of a taste of that uh, yesterday i mean uh, in terms of the clawback uh, one of which is um there's going to be a public sector pay freeze uh, for those who are not frontline healthcare workers or those on kind of low incomes. And uh, in addition to that as well, he's cut the foreign aid budget uh, temporarily. But, you know, that's not been without uh, controversy. But, yeah, the uh, magic money tree, uh, it doesn't exist. And so, you know, 
there are going to be tax rises at some point and we're expecting probably those to be uh maybe in the uh, the budget next year or maybe even the kind of uh there'll be some sort of uh, that might be accompanied by spending cuts or some reallocation of spending uh in the spending review uh basically so so yeah uh, interesting from the charts of yesterday but i think really it's just sort of uh just keeping things ticking over there's there wasn't anything uh hugely significant at least uh from our our perspective great thanks for that um so the other big news of course has been on the covid front and the vaccine front and how um relieved are we all to hear um, such positive news regarding um the the vaccines across the board really um so that has clearly had an impact on markets we've seen risk appetite um pick up and um, the safe haven dollar has been sold off a little bit. Equities have rallied. The question I have, Chris, for you is, will we see 134 break? That's, a, that's been a really staunch resistance level. Um, and, and do you feel that, you know, there might be some further um, dollar selling to come on the back of, of, of you know, the COVID uh, positive news and I suppose the Brexit news as well? Yeah, I think so. I think we might see this uh, dollar selling uh, continue. You're right, 134 has been a, uh, a tough nut to crack, but I think we will get there eventually. Um, one thing I'm looking at, you're right, the, the, we have seen that shift out of the safe haven the dollar. But for me, I think the next stage is going to be in the US, especially with Biden coming in, are we going to start seeing more lockdowns in the US? Are we going to see the same sort of things that happen here and um, a tiering system? There's already been some states are taking like stricter lockdown measures. So we could see um, this sort of closing of the economy slightly in the US, which will feed through to the data further down the line. So there's a couple more reasons really to sort of um, look for this dollar weakness to continue. I mean, but you're right, the, the COVID vaccination news has been nothing but good. Um, so we that's why we have seen some of these moves. I guess we're not quite at the point where we start rolling it out. And I think once we get to that stage, um, we may see uh, another another shift, um, but it certainly looks like we're we're getting now, um, especially with the um, Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. I know the others seem to be more, um, you know, a higher percentage of above ninety percent, but I think when you look at the AstraZeneca, it's um, so much cheaper uh, to make, and there's so less uh, problems about how they distribute it. It doesn't need to be kept at like minus seventy degrees so I think this is really one's going to come into play and I think you'll see that really affecting the emerging market a lot more the problem with the more expensive um, vaccines was the storage and that's not really going to work for some of the EM countries so this AstraZeneca should give real boost to those emerging markets Great, Chris. And, and yeah, if, I, if I were to give my two cents worth on that, I think, yeah, you know, dollar weakness certainly could be supported by, by you know, just general risk appetite picking up um, and, and the vaccine use has helped. I think the, the, the things for our clients to just keep an eye on for, um, for things moving the other way is, one, we haven't had that U.S. fiscal stimulus uh, package agreed yet. You know, once Biden takes takes the reins, um, that, that will at some point come through. That could, we should give the dollar some support. And let's not forget, you know that the U.S. being run now by what is uh, potentially will potentially be a, a, a more um, well, let's say, a country not run by tweets, uh, by by a more predictable uh, regime, as it were. You know that actually could have some some say in 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 helping the dollar as well. So it's not necessarily a one-sided track, 
but um, yeah, the direction of travel certainly looks looks like we, we might certainly move higher. Um, finally, George, um, as this is the last opportunity I'll have to ask this question to you um, before you head off, what are, and I, I'd really like to get your thoughts on, on just what you feel it lies in, in, in store for us for, for 2021. Um, again, all, with all of our clients mostly predominantly focused on sterling crosses, let's, let's, let's focus on sterling dollar. What are, what are your, um, your thoughts and, and the bank's forecasts currently? So um, I think like many people are expecting obviously the dollar to lose ground over the course of uh, 2021. So it's it's uh, it's for the reasons Kieran you were just talking about in terms of uh, you know when we get this sort of stimulus come on board from the uh, the Biden administration, uh, you know that will obviously factor in somewhat. But yeah, uh, a, a sort of more key consideration is obviously the vaccine rollout. You know if we if that goes to plan and you know we can get uh, the economic recovery really on track, then that should really see some movement out of the dollar and into uh, other currencies. I guess from a domestic perspective. Uh, obviously, as well, uh, we've got Brexit talks, which we uh, discussed earlier. Uh, obviously, our, our central expectation is that we do get a deal, so we do think that there'll be, be some uh, on the on the sterling front. There'll be some uh, some strength there as well. So, um, we are looking for uh, cable to end next year at 140. Um, so, you know, we're seeing some gains. Um, they're not a huge amount from, I guess, where we are at the moment. But uh, again, it's. Uh, really dependent on this kind of vaccine rollout as well as the kind of Biden administration. I think just on that front, one thing to flag is that, yeah, there are all these risks. So this isn't a high conviction view. It's not like we're saying 140 guaranteed. That will be what cable is next year. Uh, instead, really, uh, you know, uh, as Chris was talking, you know, we're seeing a resurgence in cases in the States. Um, partly that's been driven by the Midwest which is uh, experiencing its kind of uh, first kind of wave or, or big s severe wave. But you're also seeing some of the big states like Texas and California that are really hit badly in the first wave being hit again. So, you know, whether or not that causes some issues in, in the near term, the vaccine will resolve that. But uh, the other element is, uh, of course, on the um, on the Biden administration now, the uh, the expectation is that uh, Biden has been has appointed Janet Yellen, the former Fed chair, as, uh, as his Treasury secretary. Now, that gave a boost to markets early this week because uh, Yellen is seen as being favouring uh, a looser stance of fiscal policy. So we see more spending from them. But the key issue really is the Senate um, and that the Senate hasn't yet been decided. And that's because we've got two runoff elections in in Georgia. Uh, they are going to be held on the 5th of January. Now, depending on how they um, shape up uh, will really be key to Biden because uh, so far the uh, the Democrats have 48 seats uh, in the Senate and uh, the Republicans have 50. Now, they need to win. That is the Democrats. They need to win these both of these uh, races in order to get uh, that to 50-50. And in that instance, what you'd have is... Uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president, uh, she would have the deciding vote in the Senate. And as such, that would really help Biden's chances to uh, push through not just his uh, stimulus plans, but the rest of his policy agenda. Uh, a lack of majority in the Senate would uh, potentially be a real hiccup for him. So obviously that is quite a key determinant of uh, of uh, the dollar. So and obviously Brexit as well. But like I say, uh, our expectation is that uh, 
there will be a deal. But yeah, lots going on next year. Uh, but generally, we're expecting the dollar to lose ground. Great. So, guys, that's a, a wrap from us um, this time around. Um, I, I hope everyone keeps safe as, as everything opens up as we move into December and has have you all have a, a very good festive um, season. Um, George, from from everyone on the FX dealing team um, and and the wider um, treasury business at Investec, uh, all the very best with your new adventure. Um, as mentioned, it's it's been a pleasure working with you. Um, and uh, Chris, we will uh, no doubt be having some talks about football, but it, I'm not going to mention uh, hoping that uh, your team stays at the top of the league. I'll end it like that, guys. Have a good uh, December, and we'll speak soon. Bye.